I'm out of bed and I'm fully dressed. Mm. What, what kind of pathetic drug do you take me for? I was intoxicated. No, I'm not drunk, madam, but you give me an idea. A very bad habit. That's why you can't get a fucking word in. You're listening to Air Out My Shorts with Preston Buttons and the Word Whore. <clears throat> You're not still sick. No, this is it's just the first time I've smoked in a couple of days. Ah. Did you have a big weekend? Um, and not an exciting one, but there was a lot of booze involved. Mm. I, I was standing outside... Um, my my local place when uh, someone kicked in the uh, door of of the club across the street ah. and and our friend uh, the doorman came out and the the guys didn't run away he knew it was one of them but he didn't see him do it I did run over and rat on the guy <laughs> said, that guy did it the guy in white Are you serious yeah so you're like some sort of crazy vigilante or just fucking nosy well <laughs> a shit disturber if if i didn't know the guys there then maybe i wouldn't have done it but well if the guy was wearing white in the middle of uh winter then he fucking deserves to be <laughs> well, ratted out it wasn't white exactly but still i'm a major fashion faux pas uh, you're listening to air on my shorts <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say that welcome back i'm preston buttons i'm the word whore um I guess the little bit of news that we have uh, that uh, I just want to mention right off the bat is that we've actually joined uh, the ranks of uh, MySpace uh, people. Is that what they call themselves, MySpace people? I, I don't know. You make it sound like a cult. Uh, well, I think it is, sort of. I think people get into it a lot. MySpace.com slash arrow my shorts. Drop by. Drop by. <laughs> Say you're our friend. Yes, and leave, leave a comment mm-hmm. other, other than show me your tits. Have we received that comment already? No. Oh, so I, I guess that, so. that'd be all right. Yeah, at least one of those would be fine. <laughs> as long as it's your tits we're talking about, <laughs> or maybe we could at least offer up one of each, one of yours and one of mine. Could print them on a shirt. I prefer to use my left side, so you can be the right tit. Okay. Is there any other news? Um, well, I'm personally, I'm in the process of moving. I've got to do that soon. I've got to find a place. Actually, yeah, the, well, that's usually the first part. You yeah, know, that's the first step in the moving too, process. It won't be too hard for me to find a place. Oh, I, oh, I did a bad, bad thing. I drank tequila for the first time in probably like 15 years. And it, it's something I vowed never, never, never to do again. I fucking hate tequila. I do not know how anyone drinks the stuff. I can't describe it. And I think this is kind of common. If you have a bad tequila experience, it's forever. Yeah. It just, it stays with you. Most people I know are like that. I certainly had, I I drank it fairly often for a while and then uh, I got really sick and now I just can't do it. I've almost thrown up every time I've had it. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I think I had just, I'd had enough to drink or (laughs) way more than enough to drink beforehand. And I think the first one I did, I didn't totally realize was tequila until after. So what did you do? That's the problem. The rest of the night is just a complete wash. I have no idea. 
I know that I definitely tried to take a cab with no money. Oh, I, and I woke up with like all these slivers in my hands and my hands were bleeding. So I don't know whether I climbed a fence or I, God only knows. Anyway, yeah, it was it was a little messy. I'd still really like to know what I did to my hands because they're they're really in bad shape. <laughs> Bleeding hands. That's good. What was worse than bleeding? They, they like when I woke up in the morning, there were like all of these wooden splinters stuck in my hands. So I either climbed something or fell on a wood pile or, fuck, who knows? Maybe I built something. <laughs> yeah, I took a shop class. I don't know. Maybe uh, people were trying to drag you out of a club and you kept on clinging to the door frame or something. <laughs> well, I don't think the club I was at was quite that rustic. <laughs> well, that's quite a story. Well, it's not much of a story at all, actually, but, you know. That's enough of that. Let's read a story. <laughs> okay. We've got um, another submission from Z.J. Maplin. The story's called Sins Quietly, and it's a two-parter, so, yeah. so we will be airing part one. It was morning, cold, little wisps of used breath that people had left behind were floating on the stiff breeze. Teeth chattered, noses ran, clouds filled the sky, and Francis Kays cleaned the barrel of the little military pistol, all ready for his lead breakfast. The whiskey bottle and corresponding glass next to his grimy camp bed were both empty. His mind, though, was full. It was the little things that washed over him first. His relationship with his parents, his wife, ex-wife, Little shards of pain that cut through him like water through a sieve. Then, like an escaped zoo animal, left to run wild for much too long. The regret pounced on him from the shadows of his brain and started tearing again, tearing away at Francis's life. Francis paused in his preparation, contemplating. Could he have? Maybe if there hadn't. What if? No answers presented themselves. So Francis kept cleaning. When he was done, he put the cold little brassy bullets in the chamber, closed it, put the barrel in his mouth, pulled the trigger, and drank the fire. An uplifting story, apparently. A boxy Volvo estate pulled up at the resident block center in Bristol, and two men got out of it. One was tall, lean, and wiry, with closely cropped blonde hair that pulled away from his eyebrows constantly stretching his forehead further back along his scalp. Ooh, I know that guy. His suit was a clinically pristine navy blue. His lapel wore a shiny pin badge that read Slate. The other man had thick, unkempt black hair that fell around his corpse-pale face to hang just above his cold blue eyes. He wore a long woolen coat, was short, thin, but well-built, and his name was Tom. He walked towards the building with a smooth, practiced gait. Slate smoothed his tie down into his button suit jacket and followed an uncomfortable-looking stride. Hmm, they sound like hired thugs. Hmm. Goons, maybe, even. <laughs> Hooligans. Um, riffraff. Ruffians. When they reached the room they were looking for, Tom stood back and let Slate tease the lock open. Residents walked along the two adjoining corridors occasionally some letting their eyes edge up to the two men, but none came down this little walkway. Tom didn't blame them. 
Three of the four lights threw nothing but shadow, and the fourth sparked ominously. After ten minutes of courteous jimmying, the lock suddenly sprang open, only to fall against at least three bolts on the other side. Slate grimaced. Bloody hell! What is this guy hiding from? The Inquisition? Tom gave a strained smile. Worse, no doubt. Slate donned a pair of medicinal gloves and slid out the barrel of the lock, probing inside the door for the bolts. He found them and edged each one open with his fingertips. The door whined open. There was a lot of edging and fingertips and probing and gloves and sliding and stuff. It's a sexy door. It's a very sexy door. <laughs> what Slate saw made him wretch instantly and he had to back out of the room into the corridor where he vomited profusely. Mm. Come on, let me hear your retching noises. <laughs> Do you want me to stick my fingers down my throat? No, actually no. Tom patted him on the back and stood with him for a moment, then walked into the room carefully. The water was the first thing you noticed. It cascaded from every tap and crawled in a violent stream from under the bathroom door. No wonder the lights had popped outside. Then, of course, you saw the body. Everyday hanged man scenario. Power cord around light fitting. Stool knocked a floor. What slightly threw Tom was the electricity arcing upwards every time hanged man's toes touched the water on the floor. And he tiptoed carefully around the puddles to see that on the wall behind, a section of plaster had been ripped out, and two cut cables lay in the pool, throwing bright blue splinters of light across the wet floor to dance any way up. <sighs> Hangman's toes That's very visual. twitched horribly. <laughs> yes, it is. It's delightful. Tom took in everything he could before calling one Detective Sergeant Guthrie. Whoa. This was going to be very hard to explain. Uh, it's not like they did it, though. Why would it be hard to explain? D didn't they just happen on this? Or why are they jimmying the lock? Oh, what are they doing there? Who is this hanged man? We'll find out next week. No, we're not done yet. It was a week later, and Guthrie still hadn't quite finished with Tom. The unmarked, constantly manned green escort stuck out next to all the local boy racer motors around Tom's office, and it was frightening away business, which made Tom very angry with Guthrie, especially as the bastard probably knew more than Tom did about the man in the Bristol Tower block, like his name for a start. It had been a simple shadow-the-idiot job, at least that's how it had seemed at the time, and all Tom had been paid to do was run checks on the guy while he was in the city center. Then he had been without anyone to shadow for a long while. Being dangerously curious, Tom had decided to probe the case a little more than he ought to have done. Slate had been an easy choice as case buddy, just the sort of rival investigator who can double as a good friend. Add to that a certain talent with locks. So they had found themselves at the apartment block with the client's friend strung up in front of them in a frilly blue bathrobe. Frilly. Buy yourself something frilly. Buy me something frilly. How come this guy has a frilly blue bathrobe? I don't. Tom cursed loudly at his own stupid curiosity. The escort outside caught his eye, and he cursed loudly again. 
Guthrie was obviously relying on him to do all the work. He looked at the notebook open in front of him, with the photos and the autopsy report he had borrowed from the police's archive room. The cause of death had been electric shock leading to heart failure, the report leaning toward suicide. Tom's brain kept shouting, open shut, over and over. He quieted it down with a sip from the bottle of peppermint schnapps in his desk drawer. Ugh. What kind of man drinks peppermint schnapps? I thought this was a tough guy. <laughs> That's such a like old lady drink, isn't it? I don't think even old ladies drink peppermint schnapps straight. I don't know. I don't think anyone should drink it at all. Ew. Mm. It's sort of like drinking mouthwash, isn't yeah. it? I've never tried it, so I have no business saying so, but I'm not a big mint fan in general. No, neither am I. Except when it comes to mints. <laughs> or or mouthwash. Yeah, only mints and toothpaste and mouthwash should taste like mint. Nothing you actually swallow. Well, it'd be nice if some things that you swallow tasted like mint. <laughs> And how. <laughs> Instead of wet salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> Murder. The drink hissed as it slid down his throat. <laughs> Salty. <laughs> Tom silently agreed. He looked at the photos again. <laughs> 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 Is that some mint schnapps? Mmm. <laughs> Minty. Tom silently agreed. You know, some guy once told me that vegetarians taste better. Do you think that's a myth? Is it just because I heard it from a vegetarian? <laughs> I, I have heard things that diet can change the taste, but... <laughs> I, th I think he probably just uses it as a pickup line. It's a pretty good one, actually. Tom silently agreed. He looked at the photos again. The knot tying the power cable to the ceiling light was tied at the back, which was all wrong. The stool was too short. The man lacked the suicide look. What's the suicide look? I don't know. Well, you better figure it out, because you're going to have to start practicing eventually. <laughs> I'll get you a proper height stool. Don't worry. <laughs> The man lacked the suicide look, which meant find the client. Damn her! Ooh. Damn her! Such suspense! And that was part one of Sins Quietly by Zed J. Mathlin. Mm. <laughs> Do you have a collection in your freezer? Of? Of wet salt and vinegar chips? No. Yeah. I'm not like a vampire. I don't <laughs> I don't keep it on stock. <laughs> Trust me, there's no shortage of this stuff. <laughs> Nobody needs to stockpile that shit. Why have frozen it's... when you can go right to the tree? <laughs> exactly. Straight from the source. I have no idea what you're talking about. And neither do I. Good. <laughs> Then, then we're agreed. We're in agreement. <sighs> this is Jim Rockford. At the tone, leave your name and message. I'll get back to you. Hello. Can I tell you about what it was like being a child? It was very small. I was very small. 
als verschoren in al die tals, en die eerste partijen die ik gezegd heb. Want ik grew up, en ik weet dat je er wel als people. You know that? I hope you hear me a little more, because if you can't, then my voice is not working, and the phone is not working, and no one's working. Yeah. That's what I did. When I grew up, I beat the shit out of all the adults. I couldn't wait to grow up and beat the crap out of them. Yeah. That was, that was one of my ambitions as a child, was to grow up and beat the shit out of all the old adults. By the time I became an adult, they were all old people, and it was easy to kick the crap out of them. I didn't really care if they identified me or not. Just as long as they uh, gave me the money and uh, if they had ice cream, I would take that too. You know, I ever tell you that I eat ice cream sandwiches like, like other people that eat, drink water. I could have like up to 100 ice cream sandwiches a day. But I'm not worried about that, because I, mean, I work out. Yeah, I work out. I work out to the, to the oldies with, uh, with the guy uh, Richard Simmons. <laughs> we would absolutely love to hear from our listeners on our new audio comment line, which is 305-76-SHOWS. No private messages. And if you say if it, say it's a private message, it'll definitely end up on the air. Yeah, there will be no holding back. <laughs> we'll get we'll get a call from someone saying, yeah, I know, uh, I know where you got those splinters from. Oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> that probably won't end up on the air, though. <laughs> and not if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> so it's uh, it's a new month, so we would love your uh, February vote on Podcast Alley. Subscribe via iTunes. Visit us at myspace.com slash shorts and leave us a message. Add us as your friend and uh, spread the word. We like to be your friends. You notice how there's a, a lot of really hot chicks on MySpace? Oh, I noticed you're getting secret private messages from some girl in Texas. She rides a motorcycle. What, you mean the ones that you were responding to? <laughs> yeah. I was pretending to be you so that you'd sound sexy. Uh huh. Well, thanks. Oh, oh, I forgot to tell you. Oh, this is so funny. Okay, this is my most embarrassing I'm out of the loop moment for the week. I thought Conway West was a hot new vacation spot that everybody kept talking about. <laughs> and I asked where it was. That's classic. I'm such a fucking dork. The great thing was, because it happened in South Beach, I said, where is Conway West? And the response was, oh, is he supposed to be here? So I got away with it. Isn't that awful? That's pretty bad. His name's actually Ka uh, Kanye, I think it's called, uh, pronounced. Okay, well, whoever I was talking to said it, Conway West. So, it sounded like a place to me, you know, like Key West. Of course. It's one of the Caymans. You know, where is Conway West? Oh, oh, is he supposed to be here? I'm like, um, oh yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm so embarrassed. That's a pretty good one. Um... I also want to say hi to Tim and Tasha from the TNT 100 podcast and apologize to them. I haven't had a chance to listen to their show yet, but I want to thank them for mentioning us on their show, which uh, I hope to check out very soon. 
Also, I want to, I don't even know what I want to say to our longtime listener, Dan in Toronto, who uh, he, uh, he sent us some very <laughs> sexy photos today. Um, Dan apparently has uh, some very attractive female friends. Yeah, you know what? I was only disappointed that, that they weren't kissing each other. It actually looked like they either just had or they were about to, so I appreciated the photo immensely. He has sent us now, what, three photos of himself? And he's in costume in every one. And every once in a while, I get the impression he's actually sending them to you. So not not that it matters. I mean, if if it's you he's hitting on, that's fine. I just I feel a little um, jilted. <laughs> a little left out. Yeah. The photos were great. That one of him in the Catholic schoolgirl uniform on the toilet was fucking priceless. <laughs> it was beautiful with the, the hand over his mouth going, ooh, <laughs> like he'd been caught on the toilet. <laughs> it was so cute. Maybe it wasn't staged. Yeah, I like to believe it was real. <laughs> anyway, he's a doll. So hi, Dan, and thanks and stuff. And that's it. Uh, please, please call us at 305-76-SHOWS, 305-767-4697. Or as Tim from the Distorted View Daily would say, uh, 305-76-SHOWS, as in shows me your titties. Why would he say it that way? That's our phone <laughs> number, not his. Well, no, no, but he does he, the, uh, the, oh God, as in, oh God, my anus is bleeding. Mm-hmm. He's so good. Yes. Um, I believe I have to pee. Okay. Bye-bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Air Out My Shorts with Preston Buttons and the word whore. Air out your shorts by sending your short stories to shorts at theitspot.com or visit us at our website at theitspot.com. Air out my shorts. My. Show.